morning. How are you guys doing? Awesome. Are you happy to be here? Yay. I am too. I'm Lisa, by the way, for those of you who don't know me. So thank you. <laughs> Let's turn. We're going to start with Proverbs 4.23. And this really isn't that I'm just like, I'm out of breath. Let's go run. Okay. I'm going to start off with this. This message I have titled, What or Whose Are You Carrying? And I just want to, this is a Mother's Day message, but this does not just pertain to women and moms. This message is for everybody. So I just want to make sure everyone can receive this morning in that, okay? So, and they're, they're reading out of the ESV version, and I have the NASB, so if it doesn't quite match, it'll almost match, okay? You good? All right. So 23, it says, tells us to watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. Um, in the NLT, and I'll just read this, and I don't have that up there. It just says to guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. So my question this morning to you is what's on your heart? What are you carrying? When I think about what's on my heart, personally, like today I think about like the weather. Okay, so we could have tornado outbreaks today. So that's on my heart today. Um, my heart, um, other things that I get concerned about are I have a son graduating pretty soon. You all know that. So that's on my heart. All the preparation for the graduation. Um, Got three boys in California. They're always on my heart. Um, My husband's on my heart. Things that happen. Um, Different life circumstances that I carry around on my heart. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's things that are on our heart. If you don't have anything on your heart, just do this. Take your pulse real quick. (laughs) Um, So we all carry things. Um, Sometimes this luggage can represent so many different things. Sometimes it can represent like health. We have health problems or we know loved ones who have health problems. It can be family. It can be your children, husband, any yo-yo thing that they're going through. Um, It can be expectations. You have expectations for a particular somebody or something. Um... Sometimes what's on your heart can be like a friend, someone close to you who you're really concerned about their life problems. You probably have your own names for these bags. <laughs> I can give you examples, but there's a lot of different things you can put. It could be job. It could be finances. And you might even have them in a nice little neat order, you know, this, this, Or maybe it's like a ministry, and you're just like, got them all in order. Doesn't that look so much better? Now I can carry them easier. I don't think so. I'm not going to try that. Um, I know, speaking from females, like, we're always, we're really in tune with our feelings. Y'all understand? Like, if you ask a lady, and this is normally, I'm not saying every one of you is like this. This is just a generalization. If you ask a female, what are you feeling? Well, I'm just really feeling like we haven't spent enough time together. 
And I'm just really feeling a lot of concerned about something, okay? When I asked my husband, CJ, what do you feel about Grant graduating? He's like, what? Like, yeah, I have to ask him what he's thinking, okay? But sometimes <laughs> we're really in tune to what's going on, just really like what's in our heart. And we know that. I think when we ask each other, like, hey, what's, what's going on in your heart? What's your heart about this situation? Um, the Bible calls all these things, calls them um, burdens or cares. Sometimes another huge thing that we're carrying right now is the political um, atmosphere. And um, that's a huge deal. And it is a huge deal. But I want to, just one thing I want to say, although I'm totally go vote, go vote. But if you're expecting our president, next president, to be Jesus of this country, you're wrong. I just have to say that. We look at him going, he's going to fix everything. Oh, no, my God's going to fix anything. He's going to use our saints to go forth. I want to make that declaration. Let's, let's agree with that declaration. <laughs> we want the person to be in there who God has. But if it's not the person that I want, my God's bigger than that. My God is so much bigger than that. So, got to say that. Phew, okay. So, because that really is a concern. That really, really, really is weighing on a lot of our hearts. And it's taking a place that it shouldn't take. Okay? All right. So, all these things, the Bible calls them burdens or cares. So, a burden defined by the Bible in the biblical, you know, the biblical, def- biblical definition is a load. Or a burden is also defined as the freight or cargo of a ship. Just think that. Like, think of a ship and all the freight and cargo that is on that ship. That's a burden. Um, a burden is also defined as also a lot which has been given to us by God. Or a gift. It could be the way we are. It could be the way we are born. It could be things that we didn't choose. Something that's come our way could be the area we live. It could be something that, that God has given or placed to our life. Even a gifting in our life can be a burden. This is one of my favorite ones. A burden also defined as faults of the conscience which oppress the soul. Thoughts of our conscience that oppress our soul, our hearts. So it can even be thoughts. It can be feelings. It can be things that are not true. It could be things that are true. It could be things that we, are, we don't know. Like just thoughts of the conscience, okay, which oppress the soul. Um, so Psalm 55, verse 22, it says, Cast your burden upon the Lord, and he will sustain you. That word sustain is contain. Maintain, support, or hold. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. Or another word says stumble or moved. So when we cast our burden upon the Lord, cast is to throw, to hurl, or to fling. It says to cast your burden upon the Lord. Throw, 
or hurl. I love that, hurl. Hurl kind of sounds like throw up, but you know, (laughs) sometimes when we go before the Lord, we really are throwing up, aren't we? (laughs) Like, not physical. Like, don't, like, just what we really do. Like, okay, just let it all out. Um. So um, let's go to Matthew six twenty four and verse twenty five, and the Holy Spirit showed me a particular set of verses, and they're not usually passages that are associated with cares, but when I was looking at them, He pointed out something very, very specific, and so that's good. We're going to start. Right here it says, for no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Okay, then let's go to verse 25. We're just going to look at the first part. It says, therefore I tell you, therefore I tell you. It's like, because of this, therefore, this is the next verse, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. So if you go back to verse 24, it says, therefore, so we go back there, no one can serve two masters. That's, that's the principle. We look at that and say, oh, but that's, that's about you cannot serve God and money. No, it's making a statement from the earlier verses. It's making a point. But the main focus, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll despise the one, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. Go back to verse 25. It says, For this reason I say to you, do not be anxious or worried about your life. And then after that, it gives examples. It gives examples. And it says, talks about what you eat, what you drink for your body, food, etc. So go back to the life one. Because that's, that is the huge. Do not be concerned about your life. Because I think that's the really big crescendo. That's the big thing right there. Um, we get so caught up in life, man. Isn't it busy? Who here is busy? Y'all need to get a job and get busy. Come on, who here is busy? I don't even work outside the home and I am busy. Like... Lisa, wake up. Run! <laughs> okay, go to bed. <laughs> Do that again tomorrow. <laughs> you know, we're busy. We have life. Does anyone participate in life? Okay, man, that's awesome. I'm, I'm sure there's more people who participate than y'all. It's all right. <laughs> Just teasing you. Teasing is a joke. Okay. Um, but yeah, life, we get so caught up in. And I love this song that we sang, it says, your name is life. (laughs) When we sang this morning in worship, y'all here for that? And we sang, your name is life, you know? So we want to talk about what life is inside. Life defined in that, um, in verse 25, is this. It's breath, the breath of life, the living soul, or it's the soul, Life defined there is the seat of feelings, desires, affections, and aversions. You think that's interesting? This is how they define life when it talks about 
For this reason, do not be worried about your life. Life here. I just thought that was so... We, we, we limit life so much. The seed of feelings, desires, so anything that's going on in here or in here. You ever done that before? Like anything that's going on up here or in here that's pertaining to life. So what's going on in your soul today? What's going on in your life? I'm just going to ask that on and off because we do need to be mindful of it. We need to be mindful of what we're giving life to. We can't serve God and worries. We can't have two masters. We can't have our problems over here, but Jesus over here. We can't serve them both. Now I understand there's real life problems that come up. That sucker pot, just sucker punch you. Is that the right word, sucker punch? How do you like? I'm, I'm a girl, I'm sorry, I'm not like sucker punch. There's real problems. But how many of you know we have a more real God? Like He is more real as whoever we lift higher. So when I think about aversions, because that kind of is in that, that whole thing, uh, it says that was the last one. Feelings, desires, affections, aversions. I'm not a big word person. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm like, oh, what's aversions? I don't know what aversions mean, so I looked it up. And aversions mean a fixed, intense dislike. So things we intensely don't like, like, can be a burden. Part of our soul, part of what goes on. Okay? Problem with some of these burdens that we carry, we don't always like to be shown what they are. We don't like to see them. I had a, I have a son, I had a son, not gonna mention which one. When he was like 18 months or two, he was walking, he had this trick. <laughs> He'd take a paper bag and he'd put it over his head and he'd just start walking. Like if he can't see anything, then he's going to be fine. And he would run into the wall every time. Bam! On the floor, bawling. And we're like, darling, take the paper bag off your head. No, 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 no. He was convinced if he could not see where he was going, nothing was going to hurt him. He could walk right through that wall. And I know I do that too. I don't like to see what's being shown. Sometimes I want to share, sometimes with my husband, what I'm going through. And he sees it clear as day. But by golly, if I'm going to let him tell me what's in my head, but sometimes we just want others to vent to. We really don't care about the problem is. We don't care about it getting fixed. We just want to let you know I have a problem. So... <laughs> Sometimes we take on burdens as a form of righteousness. I love God because look at all these people I have. Look at all my problems. Look at all my luggage. And I made it up here by myself because I'm right before God and I'm strong. I'm going to heaven. See everything I can handle? 
sometimes we feel better if we worry. Or like, as I know as moms, we think, well, it's my job to worry. That's my job. I'm a mom. It's my job to worry about you. Grant, it's my job. And if I don't worry, that means I don't love you. Like, seriously. So because I love you, I have to worry. One time, one time a very, very long time ago, I had a son that stayed out really late. A long, 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 long time ago. Not recently, but a long, 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 long time ago. (laughs) And I didn't know where he was. And A, B, and C could have happened. And I was up because I was concerned. And, you know, and I've had many sons do this. So it's not like a solo Mio son. And I was worried because of, I just did not spare the details. There are real details involved in which why I was worried. It wasn't like, oh, you've never been out past 10 before. It wasn't like that, okay? So (laughs) I was concerned. And my husband went out looking for him and a friend of ours went out looking for him. And we found where he was at, very obvious place. I'm not going to mention. Let's just say Burger King. It wasn't Burger King, but let's just say he was at Burger King. Okay, we know where he is at. That's awesome. And it's not that that, I, it was not like a superwoman mentality where I shouldn't have worried. I shouldn't have been concerned. You know, if I was really godly and righteous, I would have been fine. No, it's what did I do with that worry? When that came up, what did I do with it? Where did I take it? It didn't mean I didn't have tears. I wasn't concerned. I didn't get in touch with a close friend saying, please be praying. I don't know. I don't know. But we took it to the Lord. And it wasn't like my friend was like, Yeah, you're right. That son of yours is so bad. Oh, he should be grounded for life. Never let him use it. Let's punish him good. Like she wasn't doing that. She's like, let's pray. We're going to pray. I don't know. She said, let's pray. She's prayed. I don't know. And so we prayed. And I took it to the father, right to the father at the cross. God, you got this. You're bigger than this. And everything was okay. So thank you, Jesus. Everything was fine. No problem. So it's not like the problems don't come up or things in our heart. Like my family is always on my heart. They have my heartstrings. You know, you guys have heartstrings? And they get pulled. But it's what do we do when they get pulled? Who do we go to? Um, I just think... I had another son who, when he was at home, he um, kept losing his wallet. And it's not the fact he was losing his wallet. Like, he would lose his wallet, and it was everybody else's fault. (laughs) My wallet's gone! Who did something with it? And it was always intense. It wasn't like, Mom, can you help me find my wallet? It was like, no! It was here! Someone took it. Was it you? It's funny now, but doing that, you know, four years, 
I was like, oh. And then, so, you know, you go through that process as a parent. So when he moved out and he called home, oh, mom, guess what? I lost my wallet. I was like, oh, bummer. I'll be praying for your roommates. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not there because I don't have to take that on. But you could have owned that. Oh, my goodness. He lost his wallet and he's in California. What am I going to do? <laughs> I can't fix it. It wasn't my job to fix it. His wallet is his responsibility. It's not mine. So sometimes we'll take other people's burdens and I've got to fix it. This is my job. I'm pretty sure that God, Holy Spirit, is big enough to take care of their burdens. That doesn't mean that I ignore it. I prayed for him. I won't tell you what I prayed, but I I prayed for him. (laughs) Great life lesson. And, and, And you know, the Holy Spirit got him through it just fine. And the Holy Spirit, those who we love, who are dearest to my heart, he is well able to care for those that you love without you having to be in the middle of their mess. He listens to your prayers. So how do we know, this is one question that came up in my mind, how do we know a burden Verse compassion, because we should have compassion for one another, correct? We can tell if it's burden versus compassion by the fruit. It's by what we do with that. If I keep it on and take it and just let it hover and hover and hover and hold and hold and hold, there's, there's no fruit there. There is no peace. There is no joy. There is no love. It's, there's no fruit. So it's okay to be concerned, you know. Be concerned. Have compassion. Let that compassion move you. But it's not necessarily your burden. That doesn't mean you don't care. That doesn't mean you don't help. But the fruit of that should look like the fruit that says in the Holy Spirit, in the Bible, the fruit of the Spirit. The end of that should look like, it doesn't mean you're not crying and bawling with someone. You're not calling someone at one o'clock in the morning. It doesn't mean not to be compassionate. It just means this isn't all yours. It's what you're going to do with that in the end. Is this making sense? And Matthew... Uh, 619 verse 23 it says do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy where thieves break in and steal but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth or steel destroy And where thieves do not break in. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And again, usually we look at this as, you know, what we invest in, what we do. You know, we we think of some of those things when we think of these particular set of verses. But I also want to say the things that we invest in our treasures are often the things that are closest to our heart. 
the things that are on your mind that won't leave you alone. Some of those even feelings of unrighteous and shame and I'm nobody. Some of those lies that we just keep hanging on that we just think are so true. There's not a nail on my head. Leave it alone. So we need to learn how to take those treasures and put them up to heaven. Taking those treasures and store them in heaven and not keeping on. When we hold on to treasures, what do they do to us? Like inside. What do we do with those burdens? Like the, we call them treasures, you know, because they're so dear to us, right? That's why. That's why I use that scripture. It's like there are treasures. Like, you know, they're my precious. <laughs> I'm not Grant. You want to do it? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's doing it over there. I can tell you that. Like, oh, but these are so precious. Don't touch my treasures even though they're eating me alive, even though they're keeping me up all night long, even though it's making me so embittered to my husband or my children, they're my precious. Y'all know what I'm talking about, don't you? <laughs> and I know because I've done it. I've been there many times too. <laughs> don't touch that thing. Well, how much more fruitful if I can put them up to heaven? When we keep our treasures, those worries and kid, the bad treasures, the worries and cares, they destroy us. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be. Go back up to the eyes. Uh, is it still up here? Next verse, this 21, 22. Is that, the, is that both verses? Okay, go to 22. Okay. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, how your whole body will be full of darkness. Then the light that is in you is darkness. How great is that darkness? Do you know you can see what is in a person's heart through their eyes? You ever notice that? Like when my little girl comes up, and she's like this. Did you have a good day in school, honey? Like, what do I look like? <laughs> yes, mom, I had a really great day at school today. <laughs> it's like, obviously she didn't. That was being sarcastic, just so you know. We can tell what people are going through. You ever seen someone whose countenance is just like so down? You know what's going in their heart by just looking in their eyes. So how those, those cares and burdens affect us, they remove the light from our eyes. They remove it. Like we replace this, this is bigger, and we can see it in our eyes than this. We make this bigger. Um, John seven thirty eight. It says, he who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water.
in Numbers, I'm not going to have you turn there, but it, it's the Israel saying the song, Spring up, O well. And they were singing to a well when they were with Moses to get water. <laughs> I thought that. Like back then, they were singing to that. And then it tells us, From his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Jesus called himself living water. Do you know if you're a believer, there is a well of living water inside of you? That's inside. And we can stop up that well with different things to stop the the flow. Or even to dirty and make the flow filthy. Whatever we shove in here. That's why the very first verse, we don't have to go back there. It says to guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it come the issues of life. Out of it comes life. To me, it's almost like a choice there. You see that? Like we can choose what kind of life we want flowing out of us. It can even be dirty water that's tainted, you know, or it can be fresh water. It says in 1 Thessalonians 5.19, very, very short verse. Very short verse. It's to the point. It says, do not quench the spirit. I didn't look any words upon that. I just felt like it was clear enough. <laughs> Quench is stopping the flow, you know. And if we have Jesus, we have the spirit inside of us who's living and is bubbling up, coming out. There's a way to quench that spirit. And we don't want that. You don't want that. We can be so weighed down by life, it will stop up your well. Where it actually strangles and chokes life from us. Have you ever just met someone who is so in the depths of despair? You know, so like, hey, I'm going to die. This is like so, so bad. And not, not making light of it. Like there really is bad situations. Don't get me wrong. That's why I'm saying this. There's really, really bad situations that some of you are even thinking right now. And it's not like comparing your situation with your situation with your situation. Because whatever situation that you're going through always looks like the worst situation you ever faced. Because it's the one that's glorified in our minds. I like the parable of the sower. I'm just going to kind of, I'm just going to read a couple things so you don't have to turn there. But it's in Matthew 13. And, and one part of when the sower went out to sow, some, it said some of the seed, it fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked them out. And then when the disciples were like, hey, what does this mean? And Jesus said, the one on whom the seed was sown among the thorns. This is the man who hears the word, and the worry of the world, and the deceitfulness of wealth, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. So there's actually... A bunch of luggage, luggage we can carry around in our heart that's going to choke forth the good seed that's sown into our hearts. So whatever we planted, whatever was planted, can actually stop being a harvest because of this. And just so you know, this is my responsibility. I choose what I do with this. This is my choice. I didn't choose, like all these pieces you see here, I never went to the store and handpicked this. 
Oh, I like this. This is a good one. This was given to me. I don't even know where this came from. I think my husband bought this, so this really isn't my fault. This was loaned to us. Thank you for that. I got this for my birthday, which I love. Thank you, Lori. I love it. But just pretend, okay? All right. All those things come in, and it chokes out the word, makes us unfruitful. It hinders us. So what do we do? How do we store our treasures in heaven? How do we get our hearts back up to heaven? Matthew 6, 33, 34. It says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow. For tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Or it says, my version says, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. How much do we look down the road and we go, oh, but Friday is going to be horrendous. And we live today like Friday is here today. No, 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 no. What's today? Today we're just going to take care of tornadoes. We declare they're not allowed in Payne County in Jesus' name. Okay, we're taking care of that. We're going to focus on today. Matthew eleven twenty-eight and 30. Come to me, all who labor. My version says, weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. If you feel like you're carrying something heavy, something weighing you down, you can't go on, let me propose that's probably not God that you're carrying that. It's probably time to take it to somebody, to take it to him, who is well able to take it and handle it much better than you. 1 Peter 5, 7. Casting all your anxieties on him. All your anxieties on him. All of your cares. Because he cares for you. I just see this as such a choice. Like it's such a choice we get to make. Like it's such his heart that we just take these things and we just take him to the cross. And it's nobody, it's not, it's not CJ's responsibility for him to come take these to the cross. It really isn't. Now, along the journey, yes, he could easily have helped me and it would have been so much easier. It would not have been as funny, but it would have been a lot easier. <laughs> Philippians 4, 6 and 7. It says, Do not be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, which supplication is seeking God, asking God with thanksgiving, 
big circle around the word thanksgiving, thankful heart, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And what happens? The peace. There's the fruit. The peace of God, which goes beyond all comprehension, all your understanding, the peace of God. This is impossible, but the peace of God says, baby, I got this. The peace of God that fills your life when you take that burden and you cast it at the cross. It will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Now, let me tell you, once in a while, we'll want to go and pick it back up. I got this again. Sometimes. Okay. The peace of God. Let your request be made known to God. The peace of God. Sometimes you've got to take them back. It keeps jumping back on you. Oh, here it is again. It's stressing me out. Okay. The peace of God, which goes beyond all my understanding. I don't see a way out. But God, full of all wisdom, has a way out. And it might not necessarily be the way out that you thought was the door that you thought it was going to be opened. Psalm 62.8. I love this verse. It says, trust in him at all times, O people. Who are here, people? He's talking to you. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Selah. Think and ponder. Pour out your heart before him. You know, we worship our troubles way too much. We were singing today, be lifted up, be lifted higher, O God, be lifted up, be lifted higher, O God. It doesn't mean he's actually going to go higher in heaven. What it means is it's in our mind. Be lifted up about everything. Be lifted higher than where I see you. I want you to be higher than my problems. I want you to be higher than my sickness, my infirmity. Lord, you're higher than my weakness. You know, people look at me sometimes and go, Lisa, I can never stand up in front of people and do what you do. Well, I couldn't either. (laughs) That was the journey of trusting God, which is really where it all boils down to, is who do we put our trust in? Who are we trusting? Who are we making Lord of our life? Where is our life coming from? What life are we allowing to flow inside of us? And we take all these things, and worship is such an awesome... You know, just get this thought, okay? In heaven, there is praise and worship 24 hours a day. Uh, they don't even have 24 hours in their day. They have thousands of years in their day. So, like, they worship nonstop. And we pray on heaven as it is on earth. (laughs) That's the, the Lord's prayer that he tells us to model and pray. Like, worship is such a significant part of heaven. Let it be in ours. A worship is a place where we surrender our all. And you know why it's so uncomfortable to stand up in the morning and worship and do this? Because our hearts are going, I don't have to. I don't have to give that all. I can do this my own. I don't need to worship God. 
I don't need to surrender anything. I'm God's. He's mine. And I just want to say that's just flesh. We all need to come to a place of worship where we're like, God, (laughs) I give up. It's all yours. A place of surrender. As we are praying, as we're seeking, as we're surrendering and giving our God, giving everything to God in worship, on the other side of that, we should be changed. If we're not changed on the other side of that, that means it's not all the way gone. We haven't released it all yet. But there's a peace that comes. It doesn't mean the problem's going to change. We're not worshiping, so he fixed all of our problems. Oh, good, my children are perfect now. I can stop worshiping. Oh, good. My father is better now. I can stop worshiping. For those of you who know, I lost my father in October. I wasn't worshiping, so all of a sudden, my dad would get out of that bed. I was worshiping because he got all my problems. Whatever the result was, that was for him to figure out. Whatever we're going through, we bring it to the Lord, we worship, and we're going to give it to him. Can we put all of our eggs in one basket and trust him? Every single egg. Eggs are so fragile. I have chickens, and I wash. Some of them need to be washed, and sometimes I press too hard and crack them open. But Jesus will not crack your eggs. He is well able to handle every single one of those burdens you have, no matter how fragile they are. Sometimes we trust God. God, I will trust you if you change this financial decision, this, the financial place you're at. Finances are a big deal. Because we make them a big deal, and it's kind of nice to eat, you know, it's a good thing. And, you know, stay in the house, have electricity, I understand that. But we need to give those things, we need to trust him for what he is doing in us and not for what we want. Some people, sometimes you hear like, well, I prayed for God to heal me and he did it. What's wrong with that? I don't know. Go to him. Trust him. No matter what the outcome, you can trust him. You can trust him with everything. His love for you is so crazy that you can't even understand it. There's no place on, in your lifetime, no matter how low that you've gotten, that you can't trust him in that. I remember when all my kids were growing up, and I you know, homeschooled all of them, and I remember when Trey was getting ready to go to, to college, and I was like, oh, Lord, he's going to college? Like, oh, my. And I was just wrestling. And I was driving, and I t- was taking him somewhere. Something was happening. I don't know, blah, blah, blah. And inside, I'm like, Lord, I have poured my whole life, everything, all my motherhood into what you have told me to do. I never would have homeschooled if you would have, if you would have told me to do something different. I obeyed you to the fullest part that I could obey. Everything, every time I planned for my children's curriculum, every year, every, the whole process, I asked you, God, through the whole entire 
um, journey. What do I do? What do you want me to do here? How do I do this? And I have followed you, Lord, to my absolutely fullest. And now I'm at this place. I'm at this cliff where my son's going to go. Can I trust you with that? Can I trust you with him? And he said, daughter, you can trust me. And I said, I better. Like, because this is really going to hurt God if I can't. Do you know that all of my sons, almost number four, are out serving the Lord in California with their whole heart? That they're right in the middle. They're seeing people getting healed and saved and delivered. They're getting free from junk inside their, ha- their heart. They're doing God's will. They're going full blast, 100%. That, that deserves God. <laughs> Yay, God! <laughs> I can trust him with that. Now, one was a weeble wobble. One kind of did this sometimes. <laughs> okay, maybe a couple did. But God, even when they wobble, even when they fall into this sin, God, you're still God. You still have their hearts. I can trust you with that. I can trust you that. Sometimes we have different levels. Like your burdens, I think if I look at Taylor, you know, because I love you. And if I'm like, oh, Taylor, you're going through that? That's nothing. That's your care? (laughs) What? You know what? Her burden is just as important to the Lord as mine. He doesn't compare. There's not like this big scale in heaven that says, oh, yeah, I can't. You're nothing. This is a feather. Yeah, you're more important because your burden's heavier. Like wherever we're at in life, whatever we're going through, that's where he's at. That's what he wants to take care of. If we'll give those areas to him. We're singing, let our praises fill this temple. When I was singing that and singing that, I thought, it's not talking about this, these walls. I mean, it's good, but he's talking about, let our praises fill this temple. Let our praises fill this temple. You all want to stand, please? You know, God cares for every single thing you're going through. And some of, some of what you're going through, it's not like we have an answer to. It's, it's, it's God. It's just going to be God. Some of you don't understand where the pressure is coming from. And you just need to be open to someone to tell you there's a nail in your head. And you need to just hear it and receive it, even though it's hard to hear. I don't want to hear that. Okay, sorry. Have fun. Okay. Thank you, Father. Father, we just give you it all, Father God. Even through the week that you just remind us just to give you our cares. And we just give you, we give you back life, Jesus. We just give you back our life, our hearts. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen.